Welcome to the AI Learners Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello, and welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge for episode 20. And this milestone episode is also our last episode of 2023. So I'm really looking ahead to next year, 2024. And I'm not really one for predictions, but I think if there's one thing we can expect to see next year, especially for learning and development, but also more broadly within our organizations and society, is more emphasis on the human. Now, AI-dominated conversations in 2023, it's the key theme for this whole podcast, but there's not much AI can do without a human like you. So there's a lot of industries across the board. They're expected to see an increase in automation adoption, and a lot of that's accelerated by generative AI. But that doesn't mean AI will replace us, and there's a lot of discussion and back and forth on this. But it really does change what our jobs might look like and demand for certain roles. So a little bit of that is true. AI might replace some of us. It could be a person using AI replacing multiple people. It really varies based on what the role is and how the organization chooses to adopt AI. So there's no one way we can look at it. But for workplace training and for education, McKinsey has a report, and I have a link to it in the description, but it puts us for training and education in a quadrant that shows increased demand and a high level of change for our work activities. So that's a lot of change to prepare for as far as what our roles might look like. And we're here in this quadrant with creatives and arts management, STEAM professionals, and other business professionals. And when we look at the demand, we're lower than some of the other fields, of course, like healthcare professionals. So we're not going to see as high of a demand for workplace learning and development professionals as we would for a medical professional or a doctor or someone in that field. And it's slightly stalled a little bit as far as the demand when we look at that, but it's still rising nonetheless. And part of this is likely fueled by the need for reskilling and changes that are happening among other roles. So overall, McKinsey expects 11.8 million workers that are currently in occupations with shrinking demand, like our office support roles, customer service, all these different ones they have in that quadrant. They're going to need to move into different lines of work by 2030. And that's a huge shift in what the skills they're going to need are and how they're going to prepare for those roles. And a lot of that comes in with learning and development and how we can help build a future workforce. So with this fluctuation, McKinsey also suggests the need to look at future-proof skills rather than future-proof jobs. So even just a couple years ago, they had reports out on what future-proof jobs were and what was going to be in demand, what wasn't. And now it's really the skills that they're focused on. 
So when it comes to looking at roles impacted by generative AI, for those future-proof skills, amongst that, they have three identified. So the first is having a physical presence. The second is having social-emotional understanding. And the third is comfort with ambiguity. So for education in their report, it really ticks all three of those boxes. In education, there's usually a physical presence. There's that social-emotional understanding that comes in and some of the ambiguity. And then for training and development specialists, if we're in workplace learning and development, it hits two of those. So the physical presence doesn't necessarily have to be there, but it does check their box for comfort with ambiguity and for that social-emotional understanding. And it's that social-emotional piece is really where we'll see our interpersonal skills and our relationships that we've built and continue to build in the workplace become so valuable. Now, as of right now, the social-emotional element, it's something AI can't readily replace. So yes, there's been a lot of research showing intriguing capabilities and potential with emotional intelligence, sentiment analysis, and even some forms of empathy. So I talked about that a little bit in episode 17 of the AI Learner Lounge, where it was ChatGPT and the psychology of motivation. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's pretty fascinating. I encourage you to check it out. But essentially, AI like ChatGPT, it's capable of emulating empathy, even if it doesn't actually have it. But as humans, we go deeper than that, right? We have emotional empathy where we can respond to someone's feeling. We don't just understand what it is. We can feel it alongside of them. We understand pain. We understand loneliness and all these other emotions that make us human in a way that AI can't. And going a step further, we have our compassionate empathy. So we understand and we can feel another's emotion. And then that gives us a desire to help or want to alleviate any distress because of that feeling that we have. So as humans, our ability to empathize and understand, it goes deeper than AI. And it helps us build long-term relationships with those in our organizations. It allows us to act as true mentors where we're not just providing an experience based on training data like AI would, but we're sharing our personal experiences. We're sharing something that happened to us and what we've learned from it, our perspective on it. And as learning and development professionals, we can understand our learners and connect with them design solutions for them in a way that AI can't alone. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't collaborate with AI because it really is a great tool for streamlining workflows. And of course, I'm pro AI with this podcast and the AI innovation lounge I have. So I definitely see the value in it, but we need to make sure that we're not using it to substitute ourselves in our processes or taking ourselves out of the picture. So even when we're talking about learning experiences or solutions that are coming up that we're having AI help us with, it's still designed by us. We're still getting true learner input, not just asking ChatGPT what a learner might think about it. We're actually going out and having conversations with our learners, our subject matter experts, our business partners, all these different individuals in our organization. And I think this is where we're really going to see a lot of thoughtful augmentation this coming years, as opposed to automation. So if we take something that's core to learning and development, and we just become a human in the loop, reviewing it, validating the outputs, if we do that, then anyone can really do our job. 
So instead, what our learners and our organizations really need from us is to collaborate with AI while still bringing our unique expertise to that equation. So if we take a look, for example, at creating learning objectives. Now, there's a lot of different frameworks out there. So let's say, for example, we use Robert Megger's performance-based learning objectives. And really, there's three parts to that. So it starts with performance. What does the learner need to be able to do? Condition is the second one. So under what conditions will they need to be able to do it? And then the criteria, how well do they need to be able to do it? Now, we could set up a prompt for ChatGPT. We could share the framework with it. It probably already knows a lot. So there's not a lot of details you need to give it about that. And we can ask or tell it to ask us questions and use our responses to create objectives. And if we do that, then we really don't need learning and development there. We could hand this off to anyone in the organization or even subject matter experts or the learner themselves to create these objectives. And to be honest, when we look at that, with the right prompt and the right context in that, depending on the information gathered, it will be pretty good. These learning objectives that ChatGPT can create, it's pretty comparable to something we would create. But the question is, who creates that prompt, first and foremost, and who maintains it? So for it to understand our thought process and the questions we ask and how we use that information, hiring a prompt engineer without that background they might not be able to capture the details that you or I would know about frameworks and our organizational context. So we might see learning and development building tools for ourselves or prompts because we know it. But it's harder for an outsider to come in and do that. It's not impossible, but it does take a lot more effort to build that in. And beyond that, AI asks the questions and it can review your responses, but really it only looks at the information that's there. So as learning and development professionals, as humans, really, we can interpret emotional cues or underlying concerns that are explicitly stated, but there's something that's crucial for effective learning design. And we get that through our face-to-face conversations, just interpreting the tone of voice, all these different things. And that's where our distinct human capabilities and our connection with others and different individuals in our organization is going to be so valuable. Now, beyond our human capabilities and our distinct expertise in learning and development, another reason why I think 2024 will really be the year of humans is because of trust. So right now, trust with AI, it's a challenge across the board for adoption. And that's especially true for decision-making or high-risk situations. And there's some good reasons for this. So AI, it's been shown to hallucinate occasionally. It lacks understanding of certain contexts. Our individuals that are working with the tools, they might not understand how the large language models work, or they hear reports of biased information. And while we can manage the risks of AI, and we can minimize a lot of these issues, and with the right prompts and information, we can dramatically decrease the hallucinations. But the change management aspect of it, it's a lot more complicated. So resolving the issues or minimizing them It doesn't always change how we feel about it. If we've had one bad experience with AI, it's going to influence how we perceive future experiences. And that's the same with even just hearing someone else's bad experience. If we trust them enough, if we hear it often enough, it's going to influence how we perceive AI and 
how trustworthy we think it is and how willing we are to trust it. So we need to be very thoughtful and intentional about how and when we use AI. Now, there's a lot of interest and enthusiasm for AI that I've seen bringing personalized and adaptive learning content. And I've talked a little bit about that here too in this podcast, but I really don't think our learners or our organizations are quite there yet. It's pretty challenging to establish trust in a new tool, especially one like ChatGPT or generative AI, but we'll still see tremendous opportunities to use it even within the learning experience. Um, One example that I reference a lot is with practice conversations. Now, these are particularly good use cases for AI and learning because as humans, our responses are a little unpredictable too. So if we're practicing a conversation with AI, a little unpredictability in the response or variation, that can be helpful actually if it's within reason. We don't want it completely going off script or out of character. But that unpredictability can help us prepare for real-life conversations with different individuals. Now, in other contexts, that can really deteriorate trust, not just with the AI tools, but also within our learning and development teams and how we're perceived in organizations. So it's something where we have to be really thoughtful and weigh the different risks that come with how we use AI, especially in the learning experience. Now, in today's episode, we've talked a lot about where we'll likely see more emphasis on the human role, a little bit about our distinct human skills within learning and development, and how that might take shape in the next year. But I also want to talk more about the human connection. So right now, there are many AI businesses and individuals experimenting with AI as either a substitution or a supplement for human connection. There's been a lot of articles. I just read another one today on LinkedIn about using AI for different situations like patient support and healthcare, or a counselor or a therapist or all these similar roles. And there's even a market that's out there for AI girlfriends or companions, and that's really taking off too. So with all this, it's easy to overlook the need that we have for real human connection when it's so easy to come by in the digital world. Now, our human connections, those are what can help us just feel a sense of belonging and help overcome feelings of loneliness or isolation and get other forms of social support. So AI can definitely supplement this and it can help when we don't have opportunities for connection. Maybe it can help us feel a little bit more understood or connected, but it can't truly replace the connections we have as humans. So professionally speaking, even virtually, we can find a community and get that sense of belonging. And for our learners, that's where we see digital cohorts or communities of practice where they can build these relationships and have an opportunity for knowledge sharing or social learning, collaboration, and all these other things. So as we start to integrate AI into the learning experience, these connections, I think, will become increasingly valuable within our organizations. And for us in learning and development, too, connecting with others in our field and exploring different professional communities and organizations. This is something it's been particularly helpful for me when it comes to my own learning and integrating AI into my work. So one of my favorite things from 2023 was the learning and development and AI virtual meetup that Daniel Singer and I did for a few months. So for three months, we had a one hour meeting once a month where we invited different learning and development professionals using AI 
to come and to share their experiences. We were able to learn from how others were using the tools and just really have that opportunity to connect and see how AI is shaping learning and development a little. So our last meetup was in October, but there's other communities out there too with an AI focus. Right now, one of my favorites is the AI exchange that Rachel Woods has. And it's very AI operations focused, but there's a lot of different industries in there. So sometimes it's good to get out of the learning and development box and just see how others are using it too. And then I think professional organizations in the coming year, that's something that can be particularly useful. I've seen like the International Society for Performance Improvement. They have an AI for PI initiative starting that I'm really excited about. And ATD's done some different events. So there's really something out there for everyone if you do want that human connection or to see how others are using AI and just really collaborate and learn from each other. So I'm really looking forward to 2024 and not just focusing on AI, but really taking the time to connect with the humans that are working in AI too. Thank you for joining me for episode 20 of the AI Learner Lounge, our last episode of 2023. Please join me next Tuesday in the new year for another episode.